0: irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the show. First things first, uh, subscribe Brain Review on Apple Podcasts. Sh- and,
0: what? Yes, I agree completely. This is Alan Lee. I'm a Keith's friend and sidekick, which is not an easy thing. And I just want to emphasize that. And please like us. Like, uh, you know, we put it up on uh, YouTube. Uh huh. And I know a lot of the comedians out there watch this show, uh-huh. enjoy the show. And I just don't understand why it's so hard to push the like button. We've been talking about that for uh, some time, Keith and I. For the folks at home, Alan's really
1: really going high heels on this because Sam, the director, just got done yelling at us, and I always share it, and you don't, so you're trying to make it sound like you do.
0: But he made the point that you didn't share on Facebook Live. No,
1: he made the point you don't
0: share. Well, both of us, but you were included. Now, you want to get him back in No,
1: I don't. I'm just saying you're throwing me under the bus here.
0: No, not at all. I, the I point just said, is, subscribe, brain review, Yeah, yeah. right. But yes, yes, all the right. fa- and all the you know you call them uh, r- r- rifters, the r- rifters. Yeah, with with these rifters, uh, and I'm trying to get get it out in the air here. They don't push that like button. I, you know, how many times I push the like button for other people? Whoa, Alan, Lee has some things I'm, to say I'm, to you, I'm, rifters. I'm on, I'm on fire. <laughs> He's on fire. No, no, but but you know, here's. Do you like other people's podcasts and push yeah. the button? And I do, right? Do you? I do. I I push my oh. thumb. Look at my thumb. See that see how sore it is from pushing the like button for the When was the last
1: time you had a nail trim?
0: Oh no, no, I'm going Dear to God. no no I'm going I did this myself. You look
1: like fucking Wolverine.
0: Well, you know what? There's a friend of mine in, in Arizona, I couldn't believe it. Uh, he grew his thumbnail out like about four inches. And uh-huh. I said, Why'd you do that? And you know what he said to me? He said, If anyone fucks with me, he says, You see this nail? He says, I'll cut them. I, he's a nice guy. No, he's, <laughs>
2: Sorry, <laughs> I he's swear what? To God.
0: It was a weapon. Oh yeah, I've never. It scared me. I, I'm getting. I've known no. you for 20 years, and now I'm scared. No, no. This is
1: this is someone I know. He's a friend. It would have been funny uh, if he said it. The ladies like it. Oh no! Oh no! Mm-hmm. But cut him is funnier. Okay, I see. Uh, anyway, subscribe, uh, brain review to the show, Apple mm-hmm. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, say good things about me, and say whatever the fuck you want about nail well, I'm. Not,
0: or I'm uh, invincible. Uh, uh, I, mean, I have. A, I have a skin as thick as a as Fort Knox. We'll find out. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, I, I roll, baby. You know, some of the shit I put up with from you.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I am a bit of a prankster. Uh, but I, I have a stand-up special. It's released and now. That's
0: right. You know, did Good. you watch it? Congratulations. Uh. Did,
1: you didn't even fucking watch my special.
0: I'm sorry, no, no. Honestly, oh my God! Honestly, you told me it was on on. Uh, it's on I, Mad, Records, I, I Mad Records,
1: Sony, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, uh, iTunes. Bu- iTunes buy it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I think it's audio on iTunes. But like, if but you, you buy buy it, yeah, if you buy it on iTunes, it puts you in the top ten or whatever. And like, after every two hundred or five hundred copies you sell, you get a raise. It's pretty cool.
0: So you want me to purchase it?
1: Yeah. How much is it? Ten bucks on iTunes. Oh, okay.
0: You're always fleecing me on yeah. these things. Uh, I'll buy it. Yeah. What you, do I do with it after I buy it? You
1: just rate, subscribe, review, mm-hmm. kind of like the podcast mm-hmm. you don't do.
0: <laughs> no, this is, no, but but do I? once you buy something like that, right. uh, it, it means that you intend to, to listen to it more than once? If you want to, yeah. I don't It's a, think, it's I don't, a great I, fucking I special. Think, I don't think I have to listen to it more than once.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you see that. I, I'm very proud of my special. No, you are, and I, uh, I, I promote You know it. No, what? You no, know
0: maybe when everybody go out and, and get uh, Razor Riffs, uh, his new album, uh, it's on iTunes.
1: Wait, and, well, now you're making it sound like it's our special. It's my special. What <laughs> fuck? Got to call our guest, so we got to finish these opening remarks real fast. I'm also on Celebrity Voicemail, which That's you right. can book me. That's right. You know, I'm trying to get you on it. And
0: you, no, 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 I swear to God. This yeah, week, this I'm week, trying week. to get you on that no because you're a celebrity. Yeah, sure.
1: But, you know, if you yeah. fucking say, oh, hey, Hillary, this is a Nine Inch Nail guy, and I'm going to cook you for 20 bucks," Like, Hillary. I don't think... You know what I mean. Like, it's a celebrity. You do a shout-out. You don't know what I mean. You're, no, I understand
0: uh, that, but you you, you know, you, know, kind of try, try to, let, you know, in, 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 look, like I don't want to talk about people politically. I'm not going to do it.
1: Not Clinton, just the name. Oh, my. You, oh, yeah, God. You're,
0: yeah, you know, you're, you're a little clever. You're so, weird. No, I'm very careful.
1: Uh, I'm a careful. We should introduce comment. our guest because <laughs> now it's like, holy He's Lord. probably
0: hung up by now.
1: With all your comments, <laughs>
0: well, don't don't leave yourself. Out
1: okay, uh he's a writer for Saturday Night Live. He has a new movie that uh, he wrote. Uh, my phone literally just um, called the King of Stanton Island, which uh, Judd Apatow and Pete mm-hmm. Davidson, mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Alan Covert just texted me. Did you remember Alan Covert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I I don't know. I don't want to like m- read it, but anyways. King of Stanton Island, which is coming out on on demand, and he writes for SNL. He also has a brilliant character called Brickstone. That's right. He did a lot of research on that, right? And uh, the great Dave Cyrus. So I'm going to call Dave, and then I'll introduce you guys.
0: Just don't like be like, "Hey, Dave is it out," you know? Like, just you know what? He's probably he's not he's yeah. he's, he's already left. He's he's on in the well, subway. I'm calling him right now. He's probably going to go eat dinner now. <laughs> oh wait,
1: call number. All right, it's working.
0: Nice.
2: Hello.
1: Hey, David. It's Keith Reza.
0: Hey, David. it's Alan Hey, how, Lee. Are you? how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah, right.
2: So,
3: is this the best way? Is this like over the phone work for you guys? Yeah, yeah. This oh, is no,
0: perfect. No, this yeah. works fine. We obviously would prefer a physical presence, but you know, we're not we're not too proud.
3: That's oh, cool, yeah, because I've been doing, I do. I can do phone, Zoom, whatever, oh, whatever Zoom. you guys need.
0: Zoom.
1: Uh, your, your number was actually already in the phone book, so you've obviously done a podcast uh, at the station within the past oh. two or three months. Oh, cool. I did, that was his number.
3: I have no idea which that would be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of like a phone book. It says Dave Cyrus, and I didn't answer you, but... uh well, anyways, I got to introduce you to the trusty sidekick, Alan Lee. This is Alan Lee, Dave Cyrus. Glad to meet you, David.
3: Hi, how we doing? Good.
1: Do you like being called David, or do you like being called Dave? Oh,
0: boy. I'm just Dave.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: There's <laughs> no creative. Dave.
3: <laughs> you called him yeah. David? It was, oh, it was a, it was a conscious decision.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
1: my name's Keith, and you know what people like to call me is Kiefer. Uh... And it's like it, Kiefer. Yeah, it's like yeah. it kind of pisses me off. It's like I'm not Kiefer Sutherland.
3: Yeah, that's not a name.
1: Yeah, like I don't know mm. where you get Kiefer off Keith. You
3: don't.
0: No, <laughs> uh, you 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 definitely don't. Uh, so anyway, uh, you had some some interesting uh, points to make.
1: Oh yeah, uh, we were talking up here and uh. Uh, I didn't realize cuz the station is right by a psychic station and then I was listening to a podcast you did earlier on the way here you know just to do my research and it said that you did mm-hmm. psychic stuff is that true?
3: Yes. What
2: psychic station is
1: it? It's uh what is it called? I don't I it, didn't I didn't see what it's called. It's like a palm lady give us 20. Yeah, no, it was uh, well it yeah.
0: with with the premise all the story was that you know he ran. It was hypnosis, and then
1: um, I don't know if they do hypnosis. It's a psychic thing underneath you know. the station.
0: Don't act like an idiot. Oh, you well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't listen to that. Uh-huh. Yes, sir.
3: But yeah, I used to be a supervisor at a psychic hotline that was out of L.A. Um, so yeah, I was a I was like a manager of the customer service area, <laughs> and that was a pretty big phone psychic company.
1: Oh, it was oh, a phone man. psychic, so cool. it wasn't like a in person. Cool.
3: No, it was like one of those, it was one of the biggest, like, people calling in with, like, TV commercials at oh, night type stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember those.
1: Well, uh, do you, can you share us an interesting uh, story? Like, do you believe in that stuff? Because Alan Lee believes in it, and I don't.
3: Well, I can tell, oh, I can tell well, you for an absolute fact that working at that psychic hotline is why I do
0: not believe in psychics at all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's expensive
3: part of the job was having to get uh sample readings mm-hmm. like i would talk to uh one of our psychics because they were at home and they all like presented themselves as quote unquote actually psychic because otherwise it would be mm-hmm. like illegal if we were like we want you to lie but if they are lying to us it's not really our fault you know right, right. so i would get like a reading and. It's funny because I would talk to people who were calling in because my thing was I I felt bad about what we were doing. I quit the job, you know, not long after I realized mm-hmm. how bad it really was. Mm-hmm. But that like people would say, Well, I'm trying to figure out if it's real and <laughs> I've spent all this money, you yeah. know, trying to figure it out. And it's like every time I talk to a psychic, I tell them my name is Bruce. I'm a coal miner in Ohio <laughs> and they immediately say, like, yeah, yeah, totally, I can see that. And you're having trouble with it. Like, the confidence with which they respond to my lies immediately <laughs> shows you there's no power here at all.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like an idiot because maybe I'm the one who's a... I've never called it a psychic, but I've yeah. gone to a psychic when my grandfather died. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. And yeah,
3: it, well, the, that's the problem. Is they only exist to take advantage of people who are either grieving yeah, that's or right. anxious about the future. That's right.
0: yeah well, the what happened with the, yeah.
3: when you went?
1: Well, I thought it was going to be like ghosts. You know, Whoopi Goldberg was you know going to transform into my grandfather or something. That didn't happen. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, what happened with you was probably you got a cold reading.
1: Yeah. Which
3: is where they basically did the same thing to you that a cop does during an interrogation. Mm-hmm. They're just reading you. They're just mm-hmm. picking up on visual mm-hmm. cues. They're doing what mm-hmm. mentalists do. They're That's just right. learning how to... React and mostly if I pick up the phone and I say, "Hi, uh, I'm Joe." Sometimes a psychic, the first thing they would say is, "What's her name?" <laughs> now, if I was some random Yahoo, I'm hooked now. Right, I'm so hooked into this guy right now because if I say, "Oh, I don't know what you mean," I'm not dating someone. Be like, your mother though, your <laughs> boss, like her me somebody
1: yeah that's right that's like actually i kind of want to call a psychic hotline and just play with them you know
0: kind of like oh it's i mean if it wasn't for the money it's it's, expensive it'd be an expensive hobby
1: well you know you could just call your uh credit card company and say i didn't make this call you know and you could
3: absolutely oh no i'll do one better than that pretty much any psychic hotline if you call you can get your money back for one call oh really Oh. Most psychic hotlines, if you call right away, if you call and say, hey, I was out of my mind, I, I made a horrible mistake, or someone else stole my credit card, whatever it is, you can almost always, like, you can't get multiple calls refunded, <laughs> right. but you can definitely get the last one you made refunded.
0: Interesting. Oh, that sounds kind of fun, then. We could <laughs> do different, yeah, different different. different. <laughs> there you go. We, this is what this show is about. Uh, Thank and, you.
1: And, Dave, you and I also have uh, a good... Uh, uh Facebook buddy in common, Kurt Ryan. He's a he's a, another comic who's on the spectrum who I love very dearly.
3: Oh yes. Well we're all we all have something in common, don't we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you ever seen his stand up? I don't think so. Oh it's it's really good. It's almost as good as mine. Have you ever seen my stand up? I <laughs>
3: no i have not i actively avoid stand-up that's oh. the thing i have to see so much of it anyway
0: interesting that
3: i really i don't i mean if i'm on a show if i'm booked on your show <laughs> i i always feel like you know i i almost always take the time to sit and watch all the comics and to stay after my set right uh but if i'm going to do that i am literally never going to watch any other stand-up i don't have to
2: right mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's comics who just go out to hang out, and it's like I'm not I'm not into comedy. Like, no offense, you're a great guy, but I'm not into networking. You know what I mean? I just want to tell my jokes and uh, call my psychic. Yeah, life. no, I
3: I, <laughs> I really I don't like that aspect of it. I don't yeah. like the popularity aspect oh, no. of like having to treat comedy no. like you're at a high school party.
0: No, that, no that's I, I, uh...
3: That's never been my my forte.
1: Yeah. Uh, So you don't do stand-up for, for that, but is that because you're more of a writer, you know?
3: Yes. I am I mean, yeah, I've done better in writing, but I've done lots and lots of stand-up.
1: Yeah. I didn't mean it like that. Am I, like, yeah. am I, am I like... No, to, no, I know. Yeah.
3: I, no, look, I pay my bills with writing more, much more so than stand-up. So, yeah, I'm a writer.
2: Yeah. But so, I, still,
3: I still... uh, Up until this happened, I was still doing regular shows. Uh, I was still, you know on the road opening uh you know featuring uh for pete davidson and i was uh doing you know you know pretty much whatever in new york la that kind of stuff yeah so i was never like i wasn't going to stop doing it you know until you know the world stopped existing
1: <laughs> well it seems like that's what's going on right now
3: <laughs> right i'm gonna say like i would i would be doing in fact i was going to shoot a Netflix special in april
1: oh were you
3: what? Yeah, I had a special taping for as part of uh, Netflix is a joke. Uh huh. So that didn't happen.
1: Oh, uh, I'm sure it'll happen well, when everything it, comes back though.
3: I hope so. I mean, that festival was going to be so goddamn big.
1: Yeah. Uh, I used oh. to I used to tour with Norm, and Norm told me he he was going to do that last time I talked to him, and then I figured the festival. Yeah, I figured they don't do that anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean they're gonna reschedule, but I have a feeling that they reschedule that rescheduling
1: again. Yeah.
3: Because they were gonna reschedule for later this year and I I don't I believe you can have a
1: giant festival. How how is it like how's it like in you're you're in New York right now, right?
3: Yeah,
2: I'm in Brooklyn. I live
3: uh I happen to live uh in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. I'm the only secular Jew on my block. So <laughs> I live in an area that's especially uh let's say attention getting because i happen to be rocked not not that i would throw a rock i'm saying i'm a stone's throw from one of the famous funerals that got a lot of media attention that happened in this area
2: oh well funeral? a and a
3: half it was a block and a half for me
2: what
1: funeral was that
3: well it was just some rabbi's funeral in my area and this was when they were still holding funerals, and, uh, and that the the city was trying to get people to stop because look, it's New York. And, look, there's a lot of different groups of people that sort of were ignoring the uh, the stay home oh, orders. So. I,
0: that was a news event. Yeah, that was on the news? that. That was a news event. I, I remember that about the funeral. And it was a, there was, it was a, pro- news of that? Uh, it was a news, uh, it was on, it was in the news, uh, uh, in the, you know, you heard it. Oh yeah, yeah. There was,
3: well, there's a lot of them. There was a lot of them. This oh, was okay. one of them. not the biggest one. A week after that, there was one only 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the funny thing about it is that like my neighborhood is, it's, it's Orthodox Jewish, but it's not Hasidic Orthodox. Mm-hmm. It's a different sect. So the people in my neighborhood, uh, have been good about quarantining. It was only a fairly small number mm-hmm. of, of the, of the, uh, the Hasidim that were in new york who were defying it but the problem is there's there's so many orthodox jews in new york and they all if you're not in the community they all look like they're basically wearing a uniform so people think that like all the orthodox jews were doing something when really it was it's, an uh, unacceptably high number but certainly not a majority
1: sure
2: yeah
1: uh, interesting wow i i mean alan said he saw it on the news i didn't but maybe because i don't watch the news i've been watching I mean, the news a lot during this coronavirus thing though
0: uh, you're not a news hound i i, I, I love the news Did
2: yeah you're... no i i yeah,
3: the news is uh i've always enjoyed it i used to enjoy it more but uh but yeah no there was a big problem in new york and in jersey with just funerals that just mm-hmm. would not happen that's right and uh and I mean, yeah, you shouldn't make it about like the fact that they're Jewish, but that's uh, but you also shouldn't be like pretending that literally anyone having a funeral with hundreds or even thousands of people at it is doing something wrong, no matter what they look like
1: yeah. uh I guess the point of my question was, how are you doing? Are you safe though? because I know like it's a big uh big hot spot, you know
3: don't worry about me, Keith. Let's <laughs> keep talking about the Jews. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a segue! <laughs>
1: That's yeah. the best. No,
3: thing. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm you know I'm just trying to take care of my elderly family members. Yeah. So, you know, need mm-hmm. to be kept inside right. uh, because they will absolutely die.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and uh, you know I'm just it's I'm just waiting it out, doing you know right. staying at home, cooking more, Good. dyeing my hair, whatever I can do.
1: Oh, what color is your hair right now?
3: Right now it's kind of a blue gray.
1: Oh, nice! That's nice. pretty cool. That's the what's yeah. Right
3: now it's a it's a nice uh, dark blue. I'm gonna keep screwing with it because you know, hey, look, we got we got to fill this time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I would notice about people who dye their hair because, <laughs> like, I was a big Dennis Rodman fan growing up, and I noticed he never dyed his hair blue. Hmm. All never. Right. Yeah. I don't recall. Never blue. It was always like oh, uh, yeah. green and mm-hmm. yellow and
0: pink. The yellow, I remember.
1: Yeah. But never blue. So you're the first person well, I could honestly be, say.
3: Yellow used to be big in yeah. the
1: 90s. Yeah. It was, oh, like, yeah.
0: oh, yeah. Big dome stuff. That's right.
1: And I'm not talking like bleach. I'm talking yellow. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, a, I've, uh, I've seen it. <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah. you write for Saturday Night Live. How do you get that job? Because I always wanted to be a writer for Saturday Night Live.
3: Uh, well, I got that job because I was already Pete Davidson's writing partner before oh. he got SNL. Oh, so nice.
2: Nice.
3: Basically, what happened was they were really happy with the job we did at the Justin Bieber roast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we wrote pretty much pretty much every all the jokes he did at the Bieber roast were ones that uh, Pete or I wrote. So they were really happy with that, so they hired me as a writer at SNL. Uh, My main responsibility was pretty much what I would be doing anyway, which was co-writing Pete's update features so that he wouldn't have to burn his stand-up for it.
2: Right.
3: And I was only a staff writer at SNL for the year 2016, but but Pete and I are still writing partners, so the update features that he does for SNL to this day are still uh, almost all of them co-written by the both of us.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So
3: yeah, yeah. Not, but I was only there for the one year. The tw- the uh, which was a good year because it was an election year. So that was like by far better for me because that's the kind of stuff I prefer writing sketch wise is like topical.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, Pete Davis is the uh, the best thing on Weekend Update. You know, right now. Thank you.
2: No,
3: yeah. No, we we felt like this has been really good. This actually the, the quarantine. Uh, I, I feel like he adapted to that in a very good way comparatively like it's definitely a good environment for him because he doesn't have to leave the house he can just like do his own thing and yeah no I, I thought that like the videos he's been doing and yeah and i of course co-wrote that update that he did uh from home with him which we're really happy with so yeah no i'm glad it's uh, coming off well
1: and then you also uh, uh wrote a movie with him that's coming out in a couple weeks uh, it was supposed. I think to, so. Yeah, it was supposed to get a theater release, but due to the circumstances, it pushed it to on demand. Uh, the King of Staten Island.
3: Yeah, it was Island.
1: gonna come out. Oh, sorry. No, I was just naming the name of the movie for the folks at home.
2: Oh
3: yeah, it was gonna come out June nineteenth. Yeah, it's called The King of Staten Island. Uh, it was gonna come out June nineteenth, uh, which, of course, you know as Emancipation Day,
2: right. Juneteenth,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, has nothing to do with the release date. But I uh, I did notice that I pointed out to people that like this is already a day so let's you know show some respect. <laughs> uh, but now I got moved a week earlier to June twelfth. Interesting. And awesome. that'll be. But yeah, so instead of the the theater release we were gonna do, uh, it's just gonna be on demand. So you know I guess like iTunes, Amazon, your cable, whatever you get, whatever like new movies. Yeah. Uh, it's like how how like when all this started, like you could get Bloodshot and Invisible Man at home. Right. Even though they were in theaters for like a week.
1: I saw I saw the Invisible Man in theaters, and then the next day it's on demand because they closed the theaters. I was like, "Oh God, I wish I just waited a week."
3: I, that's true, but also that movie was awesome. So super- I thought that was really good. So I was like, I was glad that they didn't lose their money.
1: Right. Right.
3: Because I I actually thought that was a really good movie, especially for the fact that they spent nothing, and then it made and then it ended up being really profitable. Because like if you notice that movie, there's no one famous in it besides Elizabeth Moss, which is not easy to pull off.
1: Yeah, I mean, is she really even that famous? Though, I mean, I've never heard of her.
3: She's the she's the only person in the movie I even that, that I like recognized. Yeah. So, but uh, like, I'm just impressed with that to be able to get a movie like a wide release without like any major stars.
1: Yeah, that
2: was, yeah. A, that was a good goddamn
3: movie. I
1: I didn't think it was terrible. I just didn't think like it was worth seeing in an IMAX when. I have an IMAX thing at my house, you know. Like, I don't know.
3: well, that's the thing about theaters.
1: Yeah, though,
3: is that like theaters might not ever come back because people are gonna because theaters have been waiting for this to happen, where the, where people are gonna figure out why am I going to the yeah. theater at all?
2: Right. Oh, they're so certain, like
3: for people yeah. movies. It's a very scary moment because while you know a lot of industries are suffering, movies are one of the industries that like doesn't have to come back.
1: I know, Mm. I'll be so sad if that, because I love the theater.
0: You know, a point about the news on this subject, and I think you guys find it interesting. I forget which state, uh, but a company wants to bring back drive-in movies.
2: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: with the concessions. There's no
3: no drive-ins. The problem is there's not that many drive-ins, and and those drive-ins are not going to be still, like, probably very, used very much once this is all over. Right. So like if in two years you know it's completely eradicated, then it's not gonna be a great it might not be a great investment because right. the market's gonna drop for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know somebody who's putting on stand up shows right now in Jersey in drive ins. Oh. which I think is great, just the idea that people are I, adapting and just yeah. trying to make the best of the situation.
0: Well you know remember uh, we actually did, Keith and I did uh, stand up at the Graumans Chinese Theater in the in the uh you know the annex remember that how wild that was
1: no but we were
0: on we you know you were in front of the screen and then they had you remember it was called insiders
1: oh yeah yeah we did stand up at a movie theater it was, it was it was the worst experience doing stand up yeah, are you referring i liked it to,
0: when you
3: say did stand up at Grauman's chinese theater you know you the, mean you were like wearing costumes getting
2: like
1: getting pictures taken with people. No, 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 no. no. They,
0: they, this guy named Bob... At the improv on Melrose, I, he was a manager.
1: Yeah, this guy named Bob Marley uh, got kicked out of the improv, so oh, he, he didn't decided... Oh, to throw that
0: part in. No, I know Bob. He's yeah. Yeah. Oh, a small world.
1: Yeah. Alan thinks I'm going to offend people, <laughs> no, but if you talk truth, it's not going <laughs> to offend anybody.
0: Finish your story.
1: Okay. So Bob uh, ran this room at a movie theater called Inside Clubs or whatever. And he Insider had, Jokes. Uh, yeah, whatever. And this was like six or seven years ago, and I did it, and it was terrible. And you and
0: I did it with you. Because but, you opened for me. Well, that's true. Huh. But, I mean, I thought it was a hoot. Because, you know, I'm a big movie freak and Hollywood history and everything. To think that I would be doing a, a bit inside uh, the annex to Grauman's, I was... I was it was the funniest thing I'd, I'd ever thought. You know, just standing there was funny to me. <laughs> and I had a decent set.
3: That no, sounds fun. I haven't been to a man's Chinese theater since I saw the last Harry Potter movie.
2: Oh, alone on <laughs> Mushroom.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, you gotta take Mushrooms if you saw the stand-up show, man. It was weird. Um, But that was another question I wanted to ask you. Because like, y- this is your first movie that you actually got published and sold and you filmed it and, you know, you're expecting Mm -hmm. to see it in the theaters and now you're not? Like, does that kind of bum you out a little? I mean,
3: I certainly cannot compare myself to what many people have lost during the coronavirus, but I certainly did lose something unique to my situation, which was, yeah, I was going to be... uh, one the, I was going to be the writer of one of the main movies released at South by Southwest. Then I was going to be going to Tribeca. Then I was going to be going to premieres and parties. Oh and basically just enjoying the event, the, enjoying that kind of finally feeling comfortable in front of your peers moment that you work your whole life toward and now is gone. But, you know, it's all about but I'm still, still very lucky to have a movie get made. But, yeah, no, no, I lost an enormous amount of things I wanted. Yeah. In terms of being able to, like, just, yeah, being able to, like, to feel like I accomplished something. Because, you know, you, you, we can all be happy with ourselves, but you really need other people to validate
1: you. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's true. Because, like, and, I... Uh, I've written a couple of scripts, and like I feel validated that they're done, but I feel like they're terrible because they're not made. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. No, I mean, it, this was the first movie that actually got produced of mine. And uh, obviously, you know, it's a giant production. I got to, to judge, to, to writer and producer. So, I mean, the uh, writer, director, and producer. And I got to right with him and, and Pete, so no, it's a giant deal and it's a real privilege that I got to do it. But th- yeah, but but yeah, this virus happened at the exact moment that I was about to start benefiting from that situation
2: yeah. in terms
3: of being able. Like, I mean, I was going to go to the, we were going to premiere at South by along with the Beastie Boys movie and RZA's movie, so like, yeah, that was go- that was a lot of very big uh, moments that I was looking forward to that instead i was cooking cornish game hens alone in my kitchen yeah. <laughs> so
1: no. so yeah no
3: no no it definitely sucks <laughs> yeah. in that way yeah
1: but um so when they when they filmed the movie did you go on set at all like did you get to hang out with steve bashami oh yeah huh? um, i
3: think it was every day all day so pretty much Judd's process is and anyone who's worked with him before has kind of seen this he pretty much is rewriting everything all the time He's constantly having you reinvent things and rethink things and just trying to go with whatever is going to be the best thing in that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much every day, me and uh, other the other uh, producers like Ricky Velez and Judah Miller were rewriting scenes, punching up scenes, pitching new jokes, getting frustrated that those weren't the jokes that ended up being uh, used in the takes and writing different jokes. and. It was you know it's a very fluid process like joe directs like a guy who really knows this world and he can just kind of you know just go and improvise and he wants the actors to to, to put things in their own words too and have it feel very natural mm-hmm. so yeah every day was like a was a was a bunch of lessons was long getting to just it was really cool just getting to be on the set getting to see every aspect of like the movies being made because a lot of movies, they don't let the writers on the set.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's
3: right. Comedy. You should always have the writer on set. It's a horrible mistake. And in fact, that explains a lot of times how these great comedy scripts turn into bad movies. Mm-hmm. Is when there's a disconnect between what the writer intended and what the director puts mm-hmm. out. Whereas with comedy, you really want to have the comedian, the writers, as well as other comedians you want to have to bounce mm-hmm. off of. And so Judd knows that he's used to working with like newer and, and different comics. So yeah, I was very lucky. I would have been devastated if this was the kind of thing where like, you know, get the writer off the set, which is like most dramas. Yeah, most, mm-hmm. they they don't want the writer there. Mm-hmm. To confuse anyone about who's in tro- who's in control because it's the
2: director. Yeah,
1: that that's actually so, very yeah. true about the writers on the set. Because I I wrote a film and I wrote with another comic of mine and we we sold it and then they paid us to fire us and then they rechanged the entire thing. They only kept like two or three sentences from the original script. Yeah,
2: and that's
3: what happens a lot, and it happens for a lot of reasons. Mostly because, you know. Not every executive knows how to make a movie. Some right. do. Sometimes you get producers and and studio people who have really good notes mm. and make things better. That actually, believe it or not, I've seen that happen many times. But you know, it's I've seen good scripts get decimated by people who are sure that they can turn it into something that's not
2: right. How
1: long did it take you to write this one?
3: We start... Well, there's a very easy way of me uh, remembering exactly how long we've been writing it because the first big meeting to discuss what this movie would be about was in Ariana Grande's condo, meaning it had... So I can tell you
2: it was definitely
3: sometime around September of 2018 probably september october something like that um maybe yeah probably around that and uh we just started basically talking it out because one of the previous scripts pete and i had written uh was not really similar to this but also involving just sort of using pete's real life and his relationship with his mom and the fact that his mom uh you know was a Was a widow at a young age and didn't date for a very long time and it was a sort of story based on that and then we we just decided to and that movie never got made uh because that was with todd phillips and he ended up making the joker instead and right uh and that was but that was also a very different script it was it 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 was nothing even remotely similar to what we ended up doing Mm So, uh, but it was, that was basically that script was something that Judd had read and said, and even though the movie didn't get made, Judd was like, oh, this is, he found it very interesting. And we had already had a relationship with Judd. We had talked about writing something years earlier that never materialized and we, that we worked on a little bit. So he liked this movie, this movie about Pete's mom. And then we said, oh, let's just talk about Pete's life and, and really just try to figure out what's a, sto- a fictional story that we can create that uses the real mm-hmm. emotions Behind who Pete is and, mm-hmm. and his story, right. and that was a yeah. That was late 2018, and then we had uh, I guess maybe we're a little bit earlier than that. We first started talking probably like summer of 2018, and then we started filming it yep. in June of 2019.
1: I uh, I saw the trailer, and uh, I'm just gonna put the you know the using my autism powers together. A lot, a lot of Judd Apatow movies, like the main star. Is usually like the best character in the whole script, and like it's like, oh my god, like uh, the la- the big sick, you know, the Indian comic uh, best. Oh, Kamal, Kamal, yeah, best interesting character in the whole script, and he's an all star now. So what I'm saying is, I think this script, uh, Pete's gonna like really shine into a huge oh, movie, so. movie mega storm. Yeah, I would think
3: so. We certainly hope so. But I will say, I think people are gonna be very surprised by. People like Bill Burr, who I think like i Bill is when you watch the movie, like you know, Bill had, has a good shot at stealing it too because he's so he is such a good goddamn actor. He's really that, that was one of the shocking things because it's Bill Burr, no one knows an actor he is, and he really approached this with the seriousness of wanting to, of, of a true actor, like somebody's who's really, really he, he did not come at this this like an actor Mm -hmm. who, you know, like a stand-up, just trying to, you know, get an acting job. He was very impressive. Bill is a genius. Uh, And and we have Marissa Tomei who, you know, that there you got someone who's just got a incredible career. uh, So who can just plug in and just be on and not just act, but like add things. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely learned a lot watching, watching Uh her too. So no, I mean, this, this is a great cast, honestly. Like it really is. Like it's got a lot of comics we really filled out the cast, of a lot of like comedians like Mike Beckione mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Peter Traeger and just a lot of people that are just really talented that you may not have seen in movies before. Uh, I don't know if you know Derek Gaines. He's really funny in this. Ricky Velez is a big part Ricky of Ricky Velez. Uh, uh, I
1: yeah. love Ricky. Yeah, we know.
3: But, yeah. Ricky is one of my best friends. He's an incredibly funny guy. I mean, we really think this, we really think he's one of the people that like this movie is going to really catapult to a new place. Uh. Um, but now, seriously, watch when you people are gonna be freaking out about Bill. I think P- Pete did a great job, yeah. no question. I think, but like everyone's, it's really focused on him. No one's really thinking about Bill's performance yet because they haven't seen that. And honestly, he is a fucking beast.
1: I mean, I know how good of an actor Bill Burr is because I was a huge Breaking Bad fan. Oh yeah, yeah. What you mean, Bill yeah, Burr? He
3: barely did anything. He, yeah, he was barely in the show. But he's so he wonderful. was,
1: yeah, he had a very short. Uh, but he was still in Breaking Bad, yeah. so he I know he's. Acts. That's
0: one of our favorites. <laughs> uh, I, I'm
3: shocked that he hasn't shown up in Better Call Saul. He's oh, the only you know. he's the only person that you're like, where is he? Yeah, yeah, but,
0: yeah that's true.
1: That's true. Uh, I haven't, I haven't caught up with Better Call Saul. I, I guess I just feel like it. I don't know. Everyone goes on and on about it, but I I guess I still can't watch something like that without Jesse. You know what I mean? Oh no!
3: You, you got to watch it yeah. so you, you should.
0: You should. It, and uh, the it, sequel is really so nice.
3: worth it. It, it. It's basically what if if they were like you. Have, you can't stop making the show.
0: Oh this, this please, please!
1: All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start uh, streaming it now. But uh, Alan, Alan has a funny Bill Burr story. From oh, yeah. from when uh, Ron White, do you remember that? Oh,
0: I oh, yeah, I, can't... I
3: followed Ron White at the store once. Yeah, yeah, Dave,
0: yeah. you would love the story, well, and, and I you'll have to refresh my memory on that one. Is that when we went to the uh, the Veterans Administration, uh, the Veterans uh, uh, building in on Vine?
1: Yeah, and you saw him and Ron White smoking a big cigar. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I was caught up there, and I I thought uh, I'd get a chance to speak. You know, we were in the green room, what or what they call, you know the lounge back there in the, in the back, and. um I thought I'd get a, w- a word in edgewise, but, you know, the smoke uh, from Bill Burr's uh, cigarette just completely put a wall between he and I. And then, to make things uh, interesting, um, Ron White offered me a joint. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a, like you. Or you, people, I, mean, you know, I mean, you see a joint. I mean, I've got to get out of your way. Uh, I, you, know, you might hurt me. And so I got to smoke a joint with Ron White in, in you know, between the smoke screen uh, that Bill Burr had put up with a cigar. Well, it's, that's the that's story. All, that's
3: pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill loves his cigars. I smoked a cigar on set once and then was told, uh, Jesus Christ, Dave, you can't smoke a cigar in front of the whole
2: staff. <laughs> Get of <close laughs> the street. <laughs>
3: and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are we not on a movie set?
1: <laughs> like I, I thought this was the fun part. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh my. We didn't have a... We, we um, On the last day of filming, Pete hired uh, this Cuban guy who rolls fresh cigars for you.
0: Whoa, right you. that's funny.
3: And he, it's, he gave them out to the cast. It was really funny. Uh, and the funny thing is, though, uh, I don't know if you know a comic named Nico, Nico White. He, uh, he's also a big you, cigar guy, and he got really mad at me when he found out that we were that a lot of us were like saying to the guy, like, hey, this is such a great cigar, thank you. Uh, Could we... Just have the papers though, like without the insides. Oh yeah, because like you don't get that much opportunity to roll like a blunt the size of an actual <laughs> parking meter.
0: I know, right? No, that's, yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: a couple questions before we head out. Uh, are you? Do you have any plans on writing a brick stone movie? That no, would be, would that'd never be interesting. A
3: movie. I I was years ago. I was asked about that and I did start an outline. I did actually write an outline, but it was such a, like, I knew that it would have to be a very different, you know, like you can't just do interviews, the Brickstone interviews where I would you know, interview horrible people and make them look stupid. I had a thing where I wanted, I actually wanted Brickstone, and I'm never going to write this, but it was going to be a thing where, like, he was this reporter desperate to try to, like, make his name for himself right. that ended up, and then ended up uh, putting out a fake moon landing hoax with the intention of trying <laughs> to like, create a story, and then and then the idea being that uh, he starts harassing that it, that he starts harassing like Westboro types as in, as like a way of uh, like it sort of accidentally happens that people but uh, he starts like chasing that. And the idea being that it was supposed to, I just, I started making this like giant metaphor about sensationalism in the news. And it, I just remember being like, at the end of the day, it's like any movie where <laughs> you're just trying to like create a fictional reason for why a real thing happened is going to suck. Uh. You know what I mean? Like it, it would be a movie where it's like, I'm making a fictional account, but the end of it would be where I really was in real life. And I was like, this is just, dump <laughs> yeah. like I, I just didn't i just thought it wasn't gonna work because it was it just seemed like i was retrofitting it i definitely want to do brook stone again i really do the problem is one it's a lot of work and i have because i write for triumph being so comic dog almost every time there's been an event that brook stone would work for i end up writing for triumph instead like <laughs> that's a great triumph is fantastic like that.
0: that's funny
3: so like it's not, it's the same writing. I'm it's the same jokes. Interesting that you know, Triumph or Brickstone would be doing. And the other reason is that Westboro Baptist Church just a, just has completely lost their relevance. They're nobodies now.
0: Right. No one gives a shit, which That's, is great. It's a little dated.
3: When I did it when I did it, they were actually like famous and oh. it was a means of diminishing them and now they're just diminished.
1: <laughs> so uh, Brickstone won.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean we all well. did. But no, I <laughs> really, really would like to do. I uh, I really would like to do Brickstone again. I think there's obviously so much you can do uh, in terms of like you know making fun of people that deserve it. But it it and I feel like this is a bad answer. But it just it's so hard. Right. It's so much work. <laughs> and and it's and it is also like I said. It's like it, I've every time there's been a chance of doing it, real work stuff has come up. Yeah. So. But definitely never going to do a movie. I think I don't think I should ever try to make a movie out of the character. I, I definitely don't want to do like a Smosh movie oh. where it's like you just you know what I mean. Kind of
1: yeah. like it's Pat, Yeah.
3: trying to, you
0: know, you know
1: uh, where like the character, and then you put it in a movie, and it just the, kind of kills the character. Well, Pet Detective, which movie kind of worked? It's Pat Julia Sweeney.
3: Oh God, that was one of the worst goddamn movies. Of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pat is. Such a hilariously poor job of making a movie. I mean, it is the it is unquestionably the worst SNL movie. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, I and that's I thought it was good because I love Julia Sweeney, but and Dave Foley,
0: but you I know mean,
3: what? I love them too. Yeah. I am big fans of both of them.
0: But That the was movie was horror. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, well,
3: so, you that mean. is true. and I love Julia Sweeney. She's one of the sweetest people ever. She's so talented. I always love Kids in the Hall. But good God, was Pat a just terrible film? <laughs> Who wrote that? Who uh, wrote Pat?
1: Julia I, 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 Sweeney. I,
3: I, it, terrible, <laughs> I have a terrible feeling that whoever it is is someone like that. It was, I don't know. I said all that out loud.
1: It was Julia. She wrote
3: <laughs> alone.
1: She might have wrote it with someone else, but she definitely wrote it. Oh, that's interesting. I
3: mean, that's what I'm. I'm, I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm like, okay, I really hope it wasn't Robert Smigel. There's no way it was. Just like Jesus Christ,
1: who did I just insult? Well,
3: Dave, we're. Yeah. No, go go ahead, Finish finish your thought, man. I was just going to say, you can love someone and talk about how bad their
0: movie is. I mean, have you seen Master Disguise?
1: Oh, my God. Terrible movie. Dana Carvey, though. I love him.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: You know that they wrote that for Jim Carrey? Did they? Yeah.
3: No, that's impossible. I thought Dana Carvey wrote
0: it.
1: Dana Carvey did write it, but he wrote it for Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey said, no, this is terrible. And Dana Carvey's like, all right, I'll do acting again.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's crazy that's, that is I, that's a footnote there that I is a spectacularly that. bad
3: movie
1: yeah, <laughs> but have you seen Dana carvey since? I mean you know like that's how bad it was
3: <sighs> i i I've never actually met dana uh but I mean i yeah it's not like we saw much of him after that. <laughs> the only thing about it about that was you know the story of the turtle scene right
1: turtle, turtle,
3: <laughs> but you know the
1: well, no, why what, I
3: bring up the turtle scene.
1: What's the what's the story?
3: Well, it was in all the commercials when he was like, "Yeah, he's in that turtle costume, and he's saying turtle," and just overdoing the bit. That whole scene was shot on nine eleven, right after they found out.
0: Really, really?
3: Yes, that is a fact. What? They had a moment of silence, and they shot the turtle scene.
1: Wow, wow. I did not That's know that. That's a
3: yeah. It's and then. And then he makes a reference to nine eleven during the press junkie, and it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen.
1: Uh, well, I mean that. Yeah, that's ouch. I did not know that. It's interesting. You learn something new every day, kind of like how you learned it was offered to Jim Carrey first. I yeah, it. that's.
3: I can't believe he wrote that for someone else. Yeah, that's so nuts. So everyone, honestly, it's one of the best
0: horrible movies you can ever watch it's so worth it let's, let's watch it after uh, it's... well we should
1: all write Jim Carrey and say thanks for turning it down <laughs> well, well Dave it was
3: no number 23 so <laughs>
1: <laughs> well get, where can the folks at home follow you
3: uh, Dave Cyrus it's, but it's spelled S-I-R-U-S I Dave Cyrus like virus uh, that's the name on anything uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatever And for the love of God pay for the movie
1: yeah, I definitely will. Yes, yes. And when this whole thing's Please. over, man, and you come back to L.A., let's get coffee. I would love to take you out, man.
2: Hell yeah, thank you. Uh, sure. I
3: appreciate it. Yeah, can't wait to go back to the real world.
1: <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, uh, your movie comes out on June 12th, you said, not the 19th, right? Yes. All right. Yep. The King of we'll Staten Island, it. with written yep, by Dave thanks, Cyrus.
0: See it soon. All
1: right. Thanks, Dave. Have a Thank good
0: night,
1: Thank you, pal. Dave. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. Enjoyable. A lot of fun. So uh, that was interesting that uh, Master of Disguise was filmed on nine eleven.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had no idea. I mean, did you? Ever, that, did no,
1: you? I had no idea, but that's one of those things where it's like uh, showbiz. The time must uh, – the show must go, go on. on. That would be uh, really hard to you – know,
0: no, it, there's there are many stories like that about. You know what's about,
1: weird is we ended it on the turtle thing, but you, you kind of that green jacket. It kind of oh, looks like a shell. Turtle yeah.
0: In here, yo, know, look at that. See yeah. that's that's psychic. Yeah, that's, that's the from the psychic, si- psychic part of me.
1: Yeah, you yeah. look like a teenage Alan turtle. Oh, how sweet! Uh, what a sweet thing to say. They were named after painters: yeah. Leonardo, yeah. Raphael, yeah. Donatello, Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Alan no, I, I, I know something.
0: Paying? I do, you do, I do, I, so do. You, I did, I, knew I did, that. I did some. You know how advice. I knew that? How
1: no. because I'm psychic.
0: There you go. And you didn't even have to pay anybody a, a telephone, uh, psychic, you did it all on your own. That's the best and, advice uh, I've ever heard.
1: Like, honestly, you know, guys, you know, after you listen to this episode, call a fucking psychic, <laughs> get your fortune, you know, go, then, go, go all out, man, and go, call them back, yeah, and then call them out and be like.
0: Alan Lee stole my fucking no. card. That's right. I don't have the card. I'm really sorry about this. Can you figure out where my card is? Yeah, is a psychic?
1: stupid psychic saying, oh, no, there it was a stolen card. Yeah,
0: but, you know, it's not cheap. No. I, wasn't it wasn't, it It was a minute that it was by the the clock, right? No, yeah, it's, like it's like phone sets. Yeah, that's right. I knew, yeah. I knew we were going to go right to that. We were going to go blue. It was just blue. Huh? It, 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 it didn't even take a blink of an eye. <laughs> but, uh, but you're right, though. It, it was like that, yeah. you know.
1: Well, we got to wrap it up. Alan, yeah. uh, anything uh,
0: real quick? Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, no. I'm writing some stuff and uh, I'm happy. That, in fact, this corona thing has kept me in the house. And I swear to God, I have a clean house. I have my uh, two desks cleared off. I have all my materials. It's unbelievable because, you know, there was no choice in the matter. Right. How did, didn't you have that experience? Were you being because tra- oh, you go to you, you do a lot of other things, and so you weren't home all the time.
1: No, no, there is no
0: choice in but, that. Uh, anyway, it's it's you know there's a, there's a positive to everything.
1: And the positive is uh, June twelfth, Dave Cyrus's movie that he wrote The King of Staten Island, with Pete Davidson, Bill Burr, Steve Bushani is coming out See on demand.
0: On demand. And and you guys uh, should like watch it. It's like four platforms.
1: Yeah, four platforms. I think it's going to be on all the platforms. Yeah. Right now. Oh. So support Dave, uh, follow Dave. And uh, guys, if you like the show, subscribe, bring review. Give us re- uh, good feedback on the show. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And uh, I'm on celebrity voicemail. That's right. Uh, book me. I'll say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. No filter. No. I'll, I'll ask your girlfriend to marry you. I'll say happy birthday. I'll tell your boss to suck a, hey, lemonade. I don't care. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I have no filter. I'll say mm-hmm. what it is because mm-hmm. you'll book me. And I'm also going to be on Cameo soon in a couple oh. weeks. I got approved for Cameo. Wonderful. That's good. That's like celebrity voicemail, but sure. it's, it's a, Cameo. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's the oh, same thing. You told thing. me about that. Yeah. And I'm then my that. stand-up special oh. is on. Mm-hmm. Mad Records. That's right. It's mm-hmm. called Keith Raza Make It Happen. Download it everywhere, all the platforms. If you download it on iTunes, iTunes, help me get in the top ten.
0: I'll Mm -hmm. love you forever. Beautiful. And what more could anyone want but forever love?
1: Exactly, Uh, Alan. I love you, and I'll see you next week, buddy.
0: Beautiful. What can I say?
1: All right, guys. Peace.
0: You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right
2: here on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on stereo if you would like to chat with me there